You are Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast on the Mississippi State Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Hell State Nation? Welcome into Locked On Mississippi State, your daily podcast dedicated to the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I'm your host, Taylor Jones. You can follow the show on social media, Twitter and Instagram. That's at Locked On Miss State. That's Locked On M-I-S-S-S-T. You can also send us an email, Locked On Mississippi State at gmail.com. It is the Wednesday show. Bart Heitch is with us. We've got a handful of things to talk about as we start to move forward toward uh, Texas A&M week. That game coming up on Saturday at 3 o'clock, Davis Wade Stadium. That game will be played on the SEC Network if you are not able to make it out to Stark Vegas and watch the game. Uh, Our show yesterday, we talked a little bit about what Coach Leach said in his press conference. Of course, a lot of K.J. Costello talk, a possibility of seeing Will Rogers play more, and if neither one of those work out, how open is he moving uh, Garrett Schrader? Uh, You know, a handful of different things, but one thing that he said that I want to talk with you about because I feel like it's something that we really need to keep our eye on over the next couple of days, possibly weeks, is uh, the comment he made about uh, the purge situation. Basically, the gist of the conversation was he felt that there was some division, some tension in the locker room, and he felt like he needed to get uh, to be done with the players that uh, were kind of still on the fence. And then he further elaborated it in the press conference on Monday. He said that, um, you know, what he meant by that was, is, you know, you're, you're going to have some of that when it comes to having a new coach, having uh, a new system, a new philosophy and all that coming in, that you're going to have some that are 110% bought in, you're going to have some that aren't bought in and they're going to leave. And then you've got some that are like, well, I'm going to kind of wait it out and some days they're bought in and some days they're not. So um, he said that he was looking into that situation, possibly having to get rid of... Uh, he, he didn't say the word cancer, but when it comes to situations like this, the word cancer is thrown around a lot. Uh, don't know who he's talking about in particular. Don't know if there's uh, some inside work going on. But what do you make of that comment, Bart? Uh, what are some things that uh, you're thinking about that, and what are some things that you're hearing from Starkville uh, regarding uh, the purging, if you will? Good to be here, Taylor. Um, hope everybody's having a good week. Um, you know, it's 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 definitely directed at someone or uh, a, a group of uh, guys, a uh, you know, couple of different groups. It's you know, anytime you're coming in and trying to change a culture, you, know, you got to realize you've got some kids who have been through. This is the third regime. Uh, you know, when you get recruited by someone and somebody else comes in. You know, and it doesn't go necessarily as well as um, you'd hoped it would go. And then now you have n- another coach coming in. You know, it's just everybody's got to kind of figure everybody out. Um, you know, there's just a lot of things, comments here, there. You know, what, what leadership is happening? You know, the upperclassmen. You know, when the younger guys are in the training room, the older guys are in the training room, and somebody makes some kind of – snide come in or something here or there because there's dissension going on how is that handled you know is it is it is it stood for um do you have older guys that are just kind of that's how it's going to be and you know the young guys are like where are the leaders where are the I, I don't know what's going on um but you but i do know it's something um because you know i remember um numerous teams i played on man you know that locker room you know that 
at practice, you know, headed into the tunnel after practice, you know, those type things. Um, it's emotional. You know, football is a violent game. Um, you know, a lot of guys have violent tempers, you know, whatever sport it is. But uh, it's it's got to happen. And, you know, I think Mike Leach has been around long enough to understand what's what, um, you know, and then you give the guys a chance. You give them a chance to compete, you know, whether it be for their positions um, or, you know, w- whether it be just to see who really wants to be here. Um, because by the end of the year, uh, by middle of the year, you know, I, I think we're going to have guys on the field, you know, that, that want to wear that uniform and, and are about what we're trying to build and leaving a legacy instead of about their own individual, you know, stuff, if that's what's going on. I don't know. I do know there's some rumblings. Um, hoping to hear that this week practice has been really good, um, and we'll probably know more later in the week. And with a locker room situation like that, again, you know, you and I both, we don't know uh, the extent of what it's like, but uh, things looking pretty good against LSU. Uh, Things uh, not looking so good against Arkansas, for sure not looking good against Kentucky. How much of that do you think plays a role in how a team performs? Because you you being a part of a team and there's, you know, probably some turnover uh, there. You've got some guys that aren't completely bought in. So when not everybody's moving in the same direction, I mean, how much of that affects what a team does on the field? Well, I, I, I think it starts from the top, from Coach Leach to the staff. You know, you got a lot of new faces that, you know, when there's adversity, how do these coaches, you know, go and talk to these kids? You know, what, what is the what is the reaction of the kids? Are they acting entitled? Do they listen? Um, are they really, you know, when you're going through turmoil like this, it's very difficult to lose guys, especially early when it's been a roller coaster before. Um, you know, there's still, you've still got some hangover from Coach Mullen. Um, you know, he recruited a lot of these guys, and, you know, there were a lot of guys we didn't recruit um, because of some of these guys that are there. I'll just, Clyde's ever hilarious being one um, that we, you know, we might have had a shot at uh, at least getting at least getting that kid here because he came up here a couple of times. And you know, we didn't recruit those guys, you know, because we pretty documented. Coach Mullen um, didn't want to recruit a didn't want to recruit another running back other than other than Colin. So, you know, is that part of this? You know, let, let's call it what it is. You know, I, I've watched I've watched how talented Colin is. You know, this whole year. Um, and I think this kind of kind of is where this is going. Everything was fine the first week, but hey, man, I'm just gonna say what I what I see. Um, we gotta have we gotta have him in the game on third down. You know, when it's third and four, and he's made a couple of runs here and there, what have you. Um, and I think that I'm not not necessarily going at Colin as much as I'm going at you know you got to see that guy who's been there this whole time in there for you. You know, wanting this to be you know what it, what it needs to be, and knowing that we can go to him and. You know, we don't really have that right now at the quarterback position. We don't really have that right now at the running back position. You know, right now the receiver thing's really suspect too, and it wasn't like that week one. So the turmoil of up and down and what's been, you know, what's been going on back and forth, um, it's something that's got to be worked through. And Coach Leach, Coach Leach is going to probably give one or two more chances to people um, if it's if it's really in a lot of turmoil and he's questioning the effort and the commitment to you know, the team and what he's trying to build. And then we'll see some changes, um, whatever those may be. And I know this is probably a, a situation that I don't think is happening, but I know in uh, several SEC camps in the past that this has kind of been a thing uh, all about quarterback play. Um, I can remember, you know, several uh, SEC teams, not going to name one in particular, but one in particular, 
um, where they were going back and forth between quarterbacks. One guy was totally all in for this guy being the quarterback, and he was trying to get several other players to kind of follow his lead and kind of fight for him. And then you've got another one of the leaders in the clubhouse saying, you know, hey, this is the guy quarterback, this is the guy that we need, and he's trying to get people to follow him and get on his side. Uh, and I know K.J. Costello and Will Rogers, neither one of them have uh, have been at Starkville very long. They probably don't know the players as uh, well as they should have. I know Will Rogers has been committed since Dan Mullen uh, was there, or right after he left, he was recruited by Dan Mullen. Uh, but do you think maybe quarterback play and uh, the way that KJ is performing? Do you think maybe that uh, that might have something to do with it? Sure, it is. Um, you know, because in this league, I think you know you're just you've been seeing it develop over the last few years as the league has changed and a lot of points have been scored. You know, you don't have it scored. You don't have as many game managers as you used to, and you got to make plays. And you know, it's talk this, talk that, um, you know, get with the guys, you know, but when it comes down to it on that field, um, you, know, you got to produce if you go and get the minutes. And that's kind of what's been happening, you know, that the last couple of games, not only has it not been being produced from like top level down on the offense, you know, it's kind of trickled down to everything. You know, there's no confidence anywhere on the offensive side of the ball right now. Taylor. Nobody's really confident, confident in our offensive line not confident quarterback, um, you know, our receivers, you know, questioning things here and there, you know, this person's not getting the ball, what have you. Starts up front, you know, and you got to go back to um, up front the signal caller. You know, if you don't have those two things in order, it's going to be very difficult to do anything else. So I like what you're saying about, you know, the guys are behind this guy, the guys are behind that guy. That's where you have to as a coach. Um, I played on a team like that in high school, and we were we were very bad. My and it's eighth grade year. I'm sorry to compare that to SEC football team, but you had six seniors and you had six underclassmen. We really couldn't get along with each other and what have you. We just we just couldn't. And so, coach just let us get in there and battle it out. You know, at practice and whoever won got to play. You know, and when you're one and two, that's the type of stuff you have to do is create a setting and practice to where you can make it competitive and put the guys in scenarios to where. Hey, we want the guys on the field, no matter who they are, who are going to make plays and go get those 50 We want to be on, on the field on, on third down when, when we got to have a, a big pass pro block or um, just grind out some yards. Or if it's a third down and our quarterback's running and he's got to die for two more yards and he doesn't get a first down like against Arkansas. Those are the type game-winning plays uh, that change a culture. And, and a lot of times you have to see those in practice before you see them translate to the game. Definitely something to be on the lookout for as we head into the rest of the week. Uh, Coach Leach mentioning he uh, maybe needed to uh, purge some malcontents of the uh, of the locker room, trying to get everybody to go in one direction. If there's one or two bad apples in there, it's it's not going to work unless they're out of the locker room. Uh, so that's definitely something to be on the lookout for as we head into Texas A&M week. So uh, we – May hear something tomorrow. We may hear something never. I don't really know, but uh, that's definitely a situation that I hope gets better before it gets worse. Uh, we've got a lot more of the show coming up. We're going to be talking about COVID-19, yay, and how it's finally affecting SEC football. This is Locked On Mississippi State with Taylor Jones and Bart Heitch. Today's show is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go is the perfect thing for that afternoon pick-me-up. Because how many times have you been invited out to lunch, you go out to a nice restaurant, you 
get a big sandwich, you get a big salad, you get a big steak, you even decide to go for the ribs, you go for dessert. It's all delicious. You're feeling pretty good. But when you get back to the office and you've got four and a half, five hours left, you're kind of feeling groggy. Well, how do you get through that? Well, Built Go is the way to go. It comes in an easy-to-take, uh, ounce-and-a-half package. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. You can put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine. I know Bart Heitsch uh, knows what I'm talking about there. Or you can put it in your pocket to get through the day. They come in three delicious flavors to help you get through the rest of your day. That's peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate mint. Uh, Built Go works so well because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. It's fast absorbing and it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. It just makes everybody feel better. Uh, Built Go, it's like five-hour energy but without the crash. It's like drinking a Monster Energy drink or a Red Bull with about a third of the caffeine and better results. It is Built Go. And now in three delicious flavors. So when you go to BuiltGo.com and make your purchase, be sure to put in the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Taylor Jones, Bart Heitch with you on today's edition of Locked On Mississippi State, talking in that first segment about uh, some comments that Coach Leach made after the Kentucky game on Saturday plus something that he elaborated on in Monday's press conference. That's, of course, uh, purging and getting rid of some of the bad apples. Uh, haven't really heard much on who the bad apples are or what they've done with the bad apples or what they're going to do with the bad apples, but it's definitely something that we will be keeping an eye on over the next couple of days, and we'll give you the latest information once we have it. Um, uh, COVID-19, something that we try not to talk about on this show. I know it's all the way around us, but I know you come to Locked On Mississippi State to just hear uh, things going on with the Bulldogs. You don't want to hear about COVID-19. Trust me, I don't want to talk about COVID-19. This is kind of my escape from it, too. Um, but uh, the Texas A&M, uh, they played Florida over the weekend. Got a pretty big win in the Swamp. Uh, but as of as of right now, the game's still on. Texas A&M really hasn't been affected, but the University of Florida's football team has been affected. As of the time of recording, they have had 19 positive cases within uh, the football program. And we'll get into uh, Florida's side of things uh, a little bit later in the show because it involves uh, Dan Mullen and a comment he said. And I know Bart and I uh, both have thoughts on that. Uh, but the latest statement coming out from Texas A&M uh, was from uh, Athletic Director Ross Bjork. Uh, he released a uh, statement that said that uh, they haven't had any coronavirus issues since last Saturday. And the quote was, we've been in touch with officials at the University of Florida. We've also reviewed the available data from Nixon contact tracing deployed by the SEC. And at this point, there's been no impact within our football program, and we will continue our regular testing regiment this week and stay diligent with all of our safety protocols. So here we are getting into week four of SEC-only football. Is it, uh, is it a surprise to you that we've made it this far, or did you think that we would probably be hit with the COVID bug a little bit before then? Really didn't know. It's such unknown territory in so many aspects of life that it's just kind of normal now. You wake up every day and just see what, you know, part of your town, what, you know, part of your school that you went to, um, your job, what have you, you know, what, what part of the country is being hit and spiking with COVID. I don't think it's going to get any better anytime soon, Taylor. Um, you know, I'm not an expert. Uh, I'm not political on it either way. But I know that 
what I understand about it is when flu season gets worse, this will get worse too um, as the temperature drops because viruses survive better. So it's something that's just going to continue to happen. I, I don't know how you, um, I don't know how you stop. I don't know how accurate uh, all the testing is. Is everybody using the same test? Is it different? Is it, you know, obviously the conference is probably using the same one and, and it's it's unknown, like we've said, and I think that's why you know if if you have something that is such unknown, um, you've heard me say it on here before. Um, every, everybody can wear a mask. That's one thing that we can all do, regardless of where you go, what you do. It's not always going to be perfect, and yeah, it's going to be annoying, but you know, this thing is still here, and it's not gone, and it's not going away uh, anytime soon. So it, it's going to continue to trickle into football uh, even more. It's probably going to cost some games before the end of the year. I don't see how you're going to get to play them all, um, but hopefully we will. Uh, and I think you're going to see it affect basketball as well. Uh, and just, you know, we're, we're going to be dealing with COVID, you know, in some capacities, obviously the economy and everything else you know, next year at this time. So just do your part as much as you can, you know, use as much, use sanitizer if you can get your hands on it and wear your mask and, you know, and be aware um, of just the surroundings and uh, and trying to take care of yourself the best you can, because I it's it's difficult, man, for players. I'm sure Taylor. I, you know, I never really had to deal with a lot of missing games. I remember my uh, or, or worrying about a game getting canceled my freshman year. We had a snow uh, snow storm come through when we were about to go to uh, Auburn and play, and it was one of the greatest games that nobody ever saw. Daryl Wilson and Dante Jones were just unbelievable, and Daryl. Hit the hardest shot I ever saw anybody make in the SEC in overtime from behind the backboard on Lance Wing. We won the game, but I remember not knowing and like the uncertainty of, you know, are we going to get to play? You know, when are we going to leave? And you were just kind of sitting around waiting. So uh, it's different. And, you know, I think the more experienced teams, um, the, the, the more mentally tough teams that aren't dealing with a lot of turmoil are the ones that you're going to see handle it, handle it the best. And I, uh, I haven't officially named the uh, episode of this show yet, but don't be surprised if it's just Bolo. Locked on Mississippi State's episode today is Bolo because everything that we've talked about so far are things that we need to be on the lookout for. Uh, we talked about the locker room uh, comment that Coach Leach said, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Texas A&M, they don't have any uh, positive COVID-19 tests or anything that's worth uh, – worth worrying about right now but be on the lookout for that i'm sure florida's situation is going to be uh, a little different than that I, I do want to come back to this too because there is something that dan mullen said and uh, things have just not gone well since he said that uh, but i did want to bring up we do have our first sec uh delay of uh of the year it will be uh a game that's supposed to be played on saturday between mizzou and vanderbilt Mizzou coming off a big win over LSU. Vanderbilt struggling uh, to find their first win. They got blown out at home by South Carolina earlier in the week. Their game is going to be moved to uh, tentatively December 12th, which is kind of what that uh, that week was for. Normally you play your rivalry game. The very next week it's the SEC Championship game in Atlanta. Uh, that's not going to be the case this year. You've got a uh, rivalry game, another random game, a week off You know, for those uh you know, for those possible cancellations or delays. And then you've got the SEC title game uh, the very next week. So this game will be moved to December the 12th. Uh, I didn't really realize just how much Vanderbilt was affected in the game against South Carolina, but they were only down to 53 scholarship players that were available in that game. 
And I know that, you know, it's only played with 11 men on one side of the field, but uh, some of the schools, the way that they interchange in and out, and, of course, you've got injuries that seem to be ha- happening at a high rate now. I mean, 53 players can really run out uh, after a pretty good bet. Well, it runs out, especially when you don't have any, a lot of five stars and four stars. Yeah, you're around. right. You're right. You're right. It goes to the same, you know, argument as we talked about, you know, LSU reloading, you know, guys opting out, um, whether it might be COVID, you know, your Alabamas, your Georgias, your deeper teams um, that stockpile a lot of these talent can just reload, you know, and that's and that's one of the things about like, you know, they recruit, they re- they recruit three Colin Hills, um, you know, every single year, and they've just got them waiting in the wings, and so. You know, it's a lot easier for them to deal with whether it be discipline issues, you know, and just next guy up, whether it be, you know, this year opting out, um, you know, if there were to be a COVID wave. But, yeah, man, um, you know, as far as as far as the um, I don't see how I don't see how, you know, you can keep college kids you know, in, in, in a, in a situation like an NBA bubble, or, you know, they're just going to be exposed and going to be out. And, you know, Mullen's comments, I mean, Taylor, come on, man. I mean, what you want me to say, what you want me to say about putting 90,000 people or hundred thousand people in a place right now with a pandemic? going on? Next uh, I, I want your comments, but I want it after this break, because I feel like it's something we need to devote just <laughs> one segment directly to, because, uh, yeah, things haven't gone well since he uh, <laughs> made that comment. Uh, but this is Locked On Mississippi State. Taylor Jones, Bart Heitch, we're back with our final segment uh, after this message. This is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Mississippi State. Final segment of today's show, Taylor Jones, Bart Heitch with you on Locked On Mississippi State. And we ended that last segment uh, with our good pal Dan Mullen. Uh, Dan Mullen, now the head coach at Florida, seems like he was just with us not that long ago. Uh, but he made the comment after the game on Saturday at Texas A&M. And uh, before we get onto that, did you get a chance to watch any of the Texas A&M-Florida game, Bart, on Saturday? I did uh, not a whole lot. Um, I saw um, you know, maybe a quarter off and on. And Jimbo was right, like we said in the last show, they just didn't quit. And there were timely throws made. Um you know, that game could have gone either way, though. I mean, it's not like, you know, A&M dominated it and, uh, and Florida just didn't play didn't play well. There were missed opportunities on both sides. But, um, you know, I and I sold on A&M. Is that what you're asking me? Well, yeah, that too. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that in a second. But the thing is, is that I don't know if you really noticed about the crowd, but the commentators were saying, I can't remember exactly what uh, percentage. I think it varies between 20 and 30% depending on uh, what SEC school it is as to how much they allow. Uh, but they said that Texas A&M Stadium, which I think now holds at least – it's over 100,000. I don't know if it's 102, 103, 104,000. Yeah. Uh, but they said that only 30,000 people were there. But while they were saying that, they showed the big uh, triple-deck stands that's on one of the sidelines over at Kyle Field. And it looked like there was not a single seat anywhere in that section I was thinking, okay, that bottom row right there, that's 30,000 people right there. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what the number was. I'm not accusing anybody of uh, altering the numbers. I'm not accusing anybody of anything. But uh, this led to a comment. I don't know. Kind of sounds like it. Kind of sounds like you are. Uh, but, it, but, it, but it led to a comment that our good friend Dan Mullen said. He said, uh, 
the crowd today at Kyle Field was uh, was pretty amazing. And with uh, Governor DeSantis, uh, he made the announcement, I believe, either early Saturday morning, late Friday night. I don't know, but the, the announcement was made before they played that uh, he's going to allow uh, stadiums at full capacity. So it doesn't matter if you're watching the Gators, the Hurricanes, the Jags, uh, Tom Brady down in Tampa. Every stadium can be at full capacity, which led him to making the comment that he would love to see the Swamp uh, sold out. He hoped that the uh, university would uh, kind of you know see it his way and would allow 90,000 people to come into the Swamp when they play LSU because of the atmosphere uh, that was at Kyle Field. I think that's kind of what he was alluding to as well. There were a lot more people than he felt like needed to be there. Uh, but then right after that, uh, 19 cases of COVID have been reported in uh, in Florida's camp since then. So just your uh, your thoughts on what Mullen said plus what's happened since he said that. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I don't believe in coincidence. I, I don't. Um, I stopped believing in that a long time ago, about eight years ago on the top of a mountain in Africa. And, you know, I, I, I just I, – I don't understand how you can make a comment like that when, you know, regardless of, you know, if he has um, – I personally had and I have friends who have, you know, and I've heard stories about folks. You know, this thing really kind of – it's just to me that it only kind of hits at home, you know, if it, if it finally affects somebody. That's yeah. just a bonehead decision to, or a bonehead statement to, to, to say that, well, there was more people there than that. Oh, so since the governor this and since they were there, that is that your justification? That, that's your justification to put 90,000 people in the stand. You know what? I'm not going to sit here and condemn anybody for going to a game if they want to go to a game because I went. I'm just asking if you go to that game, if they open this up, what have you, please just wear a mask. You can, people can at least do that. You know, it's not that hard to do. And you know, there's going to be times to where, you know, down, scratch, this, that. Yeah, man, we get all that stuff. But, like, I, I just – I don't understand at what point, whether it's Dan Mullen or whether it's anybody else. You know, it's – like I've said before, I don't always do it perfect, but it's kind of like recycling, man. Why would we not do that? Regardless of what side you're on here and there, and I'm just tired of everybody arguing about this and arguing about that. I think it's a terrible idea to let all those people to, to let it be more than 25%, 30% capacity in this league or any other league. Um, it's just it's just not it's not safe. The optics are not great, and overall, it's just I don't. It, it can't be coincidence that, that all of a sudden 19 pop up right after you make a statement like that, man. Um, so. Hopefully people will just kind of step back and, you know, I, I, I'm not, there are, I know there's financial ramifications. I know a, a lot of those things go are involved, but like there ain't none of that that goes involved, goes higher and more involved than paying attention to and doing what you can to take care of your fellow man. That's my take on that. That's my take on the 90 grand going to a stadium. You go and do it, wear a mask. Pretty good way to end the show right there. Bart Heights with some wise words uh, for everybody, no matter uh, who you are. I felt like you could take something away from uh, what Bart said there in that last uh, statement regarding uh, COVID-19 protocols and what needs to happen uh, going forward and what we need to do to be safe and to look out for each other. Uh, you can follow Bart Heitch on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. That's bheitch 22 and he will be on our show on uh, Maroon Friday 
as we get ever closer to Mississippi State and Texas A&M. We've got more Mississippi State-Texas A&M coverage coming up on tomorrow's show as Cole Thompson from Locked On Aggies will be joining the show. We've had three pretty good weeks of having uh, guys that cover the team Mississippi State's playing joining the show. Cole Thompson going to be bringing a lot of great knowledge, and we will be even more prepared for the Aggies coming to town once uh, he gets done with the show. So again, be on the lookout for that show tomorrow. Be on the lookout for Bart Heights rejoining the show on Friday for our annual Maroon Friday show. So until next time, have a great day, everyone. Hail State, and we'll talk again soon.